If you go to the Kelly School of Business, it's called Kelly because a family gave Indiana University $23 million. If you're in the Jacobs School of Music, you go to Jacobs because the Jacobs family gave Indiana University $40 million. If you go to a basketball game at Assembly Hall, you don't go to Assembly Hall anymore. You go to the Simon Scott Assembly Hall because Mrs. Simon Scott gave Indiana University $40 million. We do a really good job in our society in general, but particularly on the campus of a university, of honoring those people who have excessive wealth and give it freely. In no way am I complaining about philanthropy. Philanthropy is a great thing. Would that we had $40 million. I shudder to think what we could do for the advancement of the gospel here at St. Paul's. But we do a really good job of honoring people in our world simply because they have money. And we know their names. Because most of you are young, there might be some who don't, but I can almost guarantee you everyone in here can name a Kardashian. Why? Because they're rich and famous. I actually can sadly admit that I know at least one of their names. But, do you know the name of a homeless person here in Bloomington? Do you know their name? I admit that even for me, I struggle to say yes to that. Because I can honestly say that I don't know one well enough to say that I know their story, I know their name. This is the challenge that we face. The reality is, is that money can get us prestige and power, but if we look into what God has to say today, who is named? Who is named? The poor man. In all of the parables that Jesus tells, he only names one person, and it is Lazarus in today's gospel. The poor man, the doormat, the one who is ignored. Not the rich man. In fact, the Latin thing, or Latin name for the story is Dives at Lazarus. The rich man's name is just simply Rich Man. The love of God is so wonderful that he doesn't look to our accomplishments, our status, the power or wealth that he has. He looks to our heart and he loves us and he knows our name. This is the challenge to which we are all called today and to cultivate that in our lives so that we too can be agents in this world who love the poor like God loves the poor, who love those in need. And we don't need to look far for those who are poor. Yes, it's easy to look to the materially poor and recognize that they are poor, but there are people here in this church tonight who are suffering from loneliness or anxiety. And yet we don't know that and I don't know that. And I walk over them sometimes or walk past them like the rich man in the gospel. The rich man in the gospel is not wicked to Lazarus. He doesn't treat him with scorn or contempt. He simply ignores him. He treats him as if he isn't even there. And we do this so easily in our world. We just walk past people. Or if you've ever known the scorn that comes from being in a relationship with someone and then being ghosted, you know what that's like in some way. To build a relationship, to exchange and give some of your heart and then to have someone just walk away as if you never existed, as if your relationship had no weight. How painful, how difficult 
that is. But God calls us to so much more. In this second reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy, we hear this wonderful first two sentences. I'm going to read it again. But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. This is what we are all called to aspire to do and to be. Men and women who pursue righteousness, who compete well for the faith, who strive to make the world a better place. And how do we do that? In the gospel, we heard that Lazarus yearned for the scraps that fell from the master's table. And so too do we. Every time we come to Mass, we yearn for what comes off of the altar, the table of the Lord, the altar of sacrifice. But does God give us scraps? No. He gives us His body, His blood, His soul, and divinity. He treats us with the love, the decency, the respect that we need so that we can know that love and so that we can go forth and pursue righteousness, pursue justice, to serve those in need with confidence because God knows me he has counted the hairs on my head he knows me from the moment of my conception in my mother's womb he knows me and desires to be with me forever and he gives me himself in the Eucharist friends we are in the midst in the US church the very beginning frankly of a Eucharistic revival that our, our bishops have asked us for. And it was in response to the reality that fewer and fewer Catholics truly believe in what the Eucharist is, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. But it's also an encouragement and a cry from our spiritual fathers, from our bishops, for each of us to live a Eucharistic life. To live a life that is Eucharistic is to come to God to change my life, to convert my life, to live in harmony with his teachings and his will so that when I receive it, it can be fruitful. And so that everyone in my life I encounter, I see as another Christ. The rich man was willing to consume all that the goodness that the world had to offer, but not what God had to offer. And so when he looked upon Lazarus, he saw a doormat or something to be avoided and walked over. When we live our lives consumed by the Eucharist, fed by the Eucharist, we cannot help but go forth and see in our brothers and our sisters those who are in need. And this is the remedy, friends, to encountering and to taking on an unjust society and institutions that are unfair and unjust. Why is a society unjust or a governmental program or something along those lines? It's because you and I are unjust to each other. We don't love each other well or well enough. And yet God gives us the Eucharist so that we in this community can love each other. So that each one of us can be known and loved and cherished and take that from the grace of God given to us through the sacrament of the Eucharist out into the world. We cannot be complacent. The prophet Amos challenges us deeply. Do not be the complacent ones. Do not be the ones who are, not, are unaffected or unconcerned about the challenges and the struggles of the world. But be the one who humbly 
transforms your heart, your mind, your life to receive God in the Eucharist. And then to take the graces that flow from that to everyone you meet. Because God needs you. He wants you. He desires you to bring to the Lazaruses in this building right now, in our community, in your classroom, the love that they deserve and need. And he wants you also to be with him forever in heaven. And it starts with allowing ourselves to be transformed, to become one with God, to see God in others, and to walk hand in hand with them so that we might build better relationships, a better community, and a better world.